Hey, it's Matt, and welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever, the podcast that brings you inside our student ministry at Watson Baptist Church and lets you catch up on what's going on no matter where you are or when you are. But hey, let's go ahead and rewind it back to Wednesday night. Well, well, welcome. Thank you for, for being here. I've actually, I've, this is like I said, this is the first time we've been in here, um, and I've never done this on microphone, so I feel like really professional right now. Um, but no, thank you. So introduce yourself. Who are you? Who am I? I'm Kelsey. So I grew up in Watson. Um, my parents actually live right down the street. Um, can I share my testimony? Is that okay? Yeah, no, it's fine. So, yeah, so introduce yourself. Yeah, you, so you grew up here. So, so yeah, so what I grew happened? up in Watson. I went to Live Oak High School. I played sports. I went to Nichols. I played softball at Nichols. Um, finished my college diploma. Uh, and then very shortly after, I went to Asia for two years. And I just got back three weeks ago. That's so a, that's amazing. glad to be back in yeah. time for king cake season. So. Yes. <laughs> so, so, you, uh, so you say you grew up around here. So what was it, what was it like for you growing up? Growing up, um, so I have one younger sister, um, and growing up, my parents were not believers. Um, they were what I would consider cultural Christians, and so that kind of means, um, you know, we go to church on Sundays, we go to church maybe on holidays. Um, I've heard about Jesus. We have a Bible, but it's on the bookshelf with the dictionaries for reference, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Um, and so for me, growing up... Um, yeah, I didn't know much about much about Jesus. My I started playing softball when I was five, and so from a very young age, my life was intertwined with sports. Uh, and for a long time, I found my identity and worth uh, as an athlete, as a student, and all of those labels that are still tempting to identify ourselves with. Right, so. that's awesome. So, yeah. so it's easy to get caught up mm-hmm. in that, you know, yeah. all those other things, who I am, or what <laughs> sport do I play, or what people say about me, that's... Mm-hmm very easy to find our identity in those things. So, so how did you become to find your identity in Christ? Like where, where was that turning point or where yeah. was that moment for you? Great question. Um, so yes, I grew up again, not knowing much about Jesus. I knew he loved me and I was like, awesome. How convenient for him to love me and I can <laughs> do whatever the heck I want with my life. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 15 years old that the Lord put a person in my life who was a true believer. Um, And I was amazed because she just had a confidence about her. She knew who she was. Um, And for me, you know, I was trying to excel in sports and academics. um, And my emotions were just a roller coaster because if I performed well, I was on top of the world. I could look people in the eye. I wasn't ashamed. But, you know, if you have a bad game, I couldn't even look my parents in the eye. I was so ashamed because I felt like my identity was tied to those things. Um, but then I remember one day, uh, also, I had a teacher in high school who asked our class, uh, he's a history teacher, he asked our <laughs> class, uh, why are you Christians? Are you Christians and why? Uh, is it because you were just born in America? And I, I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I was like, uh, I think so, yeah. And so that kind of began the journey Um, of why should I follow Jesus? What makes him different from any other religious leader that they offer here Mm -hmm. uh, in this world? And so I began researching a lot 
um, and I opened the Bible. I read some of the Gospels. God opened my mind to see Jesus as someone worth following. Um, he's the only man who has defeated sin and death. Um, and so if you find another one, go follow him. But Jesus <laughs> right. is the only one. And so when I was about 15, um, I also heard a sermon by David Platt. I don't know if you guys yeah. know him. It's great. But he shared the gospel in a way that was very, very articulated that I had never heard before. And it, in, that, in those moments, I understood and I believed and I saw Jesus as someone worth following with my whole life. Um, and so after that, I began to radically change because I started reading the Bible. I started praying. I like that plug um, there. Radical, radically, yes. right, for David Platt. There you I go. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would argue that when you encounter Christ, you walk away radically different, right? Right. Um, he changes you from the inside out. And so my motivations began to change a lot. Again, because I was a good person growing up. I tried to be morally right. My parents did raise us with morals. <laughs> and so... Um, you know, we tried to be good, but the most change that I had in my life was in my heart. And so, you know, instead of trying to be a good athlete and a good student so that people would see me and be like, wow, she's amazing, right? <laughs> instead of trying to glorify myself, um, I wanted to excel in all things to honor my father in heaven. And so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, that's in all, in all actuality, that's not different from a lot of other stories, but it's your story, and that's yeah. what makes it so amazing, is to hear that your life has been changed so radically, you know, by the gospel. I mean, that's that's what you want to hear. You know, you don't want to hear like, oh, I heard the gospel, and I, and I just say the same. You, you want to yeah. hear of radical change, and not yeah. just hear about it, but you want to see it. And that's kind of what I wanted to get to, because usually I have a lot more questions that deal with, like, growing up and, and things like that. But I really want to get to what God has done since then, because, you know, as believers, we all have that one moment of impact where, you know, we are transformed by the gospel. But your your story has has taken an amazing turn um, to where God has called you somewhere to do something that not many get called to do, uh, honestly, which is to go. Right. Yeah. And like we're called to do. And um, so. So, yeah, but share, share a little bit, share a little bit about that. Like what 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 did God do after you were changed and. And how, how did you, you know, what, what happened where you were called into, into the, the life of a, of a missionary? Yeah, yeah. So it, during that season when I was 15, when I, I, I believe, you know, came to follow Christ, uh, I was just hungry. I had such a curiosity to know this God that made me um, and saved me. And so in that season of an insatiable curiosity, I picked up the book Radical by David Platt. Um, and <laughs> during that season, you know, as a young high schooler, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I need to sell all that I have and move across the world. <laughs> that book makes you want to do that. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not even yeah, exaggerating. I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it does. Yeah, and so um, all that to say, I was in high school, so uh, I didn't have the means to do that, but <laughs> That was probably the first time that the Lord opened my eyes to a world that was beyond America, that was beyond the States. And so I would say from 15 years old, he planted the seed um, that his plan from the beginning through Abraham to bless the nations through him had always included the nations. It didn't only include Israel, but also to the Gentiles. And so from 15... Uh, I would say every time I read the word, it was hard to miss that God's plan had always included the nations. Yeah. Um, and so, again, I had the desire. And so when I finally went to college, um, I went to Nichols, and I didn't know anybody because mm -hmm. I went to play 
softball. Right. Um, and there's a lot of Catholics in Thibodeau. Uh, I knew I wasn't Catholic. I didn't know much about church because I didn't really grow up in church, but I knew I wasn't Catholic. So I uh, plugged in at the BCM, at the Baptist Collegiate Ministry. Nice, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so um, the BCM director introduced me to his wife. Uh, her name's Christy, and she discipled me. Again, had no idea that discipleship was a thing. And I was like, <laughs> I know it's in the Bible, but... I don't know practically what that looks like. And right. so she's the one that taught me, you know, how to feed myself on the word every day, how to pray, how to share the gospel, um, how to share my testimony. She helped me plug into a local church. Um, and so she and her husband, Conan, were also the first people that I had ever met that lived like missionaries in their own country. And wow. I was fascinated. I mean, they had a heart to share the gospel wherever they went. Um, and so obviously being discipled by her mm -hmm. um, continued to water to see that the Lord had planted uh, that one day I want to serve him in a cross-cultural context. Um, also in that season, I was allowed the opportunity to go to Guatemala for two weeks oh, uh, with a couple that went to my church in Baton Rouge. And so that was, again, a first time of seeing Yahweh, the God of all creation, being worshipped in another tongue, in another setting by people who look different than me mm -hmm. in different ways than I would worship him. And so it just broadened my idea of his church around the world. Um, and, you know, I went for two weeks. I was like, well, that's not that bad. I survived. <laughs> yeah. What's kind of like the next small step of obedience? Um, and so when I was, a, I think, sophomore in college, um, I did a two-month trip to Thailand, actually. Hey, uh, Thailand. That's how I know it's different than Taiwan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so I went to Thailand for a while, um, just teaching ESL, but also having a heart to share the gospel while I was there. And so being there for two months, it kind of gave me a better, you know, I guess, picture of what long-term uh, missionary work would like. Mm -hmm. And I saw that to truly have an impact on the people, um, it's best to live there, right? It's best right. to learn the language, learn the culture, um, because you want to be able to share the gospel in their heart language. Yeah. Um, to be all things so, to all people. Yeah, for sure, about. for sure. And so I did that for two months, and I came back home, and I was like, I survived that. I, you know, I actually kind of enjoyed it. What's kind of the next step of obedience? You know, in that season of life, I wasn't like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. You know, yeah. it was just kind of. What's the next small step? Because I think if God told me at the age of 15 that you'd be a missionary for the rest of your life, I would have freaked out. I'd been like, heck no. I have plans, you know? I have right. plans for my life. And so he was very gracious uh, in bringing me to that point of surrender. And then, so I eventually got to my junior, senior year of college. Um, and it seemed that the next step <laughs> was a two-year trip. Um, and... So this was a program with uh, the company that I work with called the International Mission Board, right. where they fund you to go for two years, um, called the Journeyman Program. And I knew about this because my mentors had told me about it, mm -hmm. um, and I was praying about it a lot. And so I wrote down on a list 
all the reasons why I wouldn't go. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> And amazing. so again, I'm like, I'm maybe around 21, 22. And so all my friends are getting married. They're entering the workforce. And so that was on my list. I was like, Lord, I want to be married. Like <laughs> I really? want to make money. Like, you <laughs> right. know, like I'm writing all these things. I would miss out on a lot of my best friends, like major life events. Yeah. You know, one of my best friends had a baby when I was in India. And so Two of my best friends got married when I was in India. And so it was kind of surrendering those things. Um, I wrote them, again, all down on the list and just prayed over them. And I'm like, Lord, if you want me to go, like, please deal with these things. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so in many, many tangible ways, he did. Um, he provided for me or he helped me to see him as worthy of going despite giving up these things. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of how I, I made it to Asia. That's and then I would say... Uh, when was it? Maybe at my training. So they train us uh, before we go of, you know, kind of what we'll be doing in the missionary task. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in that time when I was hearing stories from other missionaries that were preparing to go back mm-hmm. um, that the Lord kind of put it on my heart that this is what I want my life to be about. And so, again, my hands are open with the Lord. Um, I know that he could call me back at any point to the States, but my heart is still in Asia. Um, my plan right now is to go back within a couple of years uh, for a longer term, for wow. a longer stint. So that's kind of how that's, the Lord got me here. That's amazing. Um, you know, when you, when, yeah, when you talk to missionaries, and you can, you can just feel the passion they have for wherever God has placed them, and you've definitely got that. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Well, so that he got you there. Right, you got you there. So before you went to India for mm-hmm. for two years, what was the longest missionary s- stint or stay that you had prior to that? It was the two months. The two months. So <laughs> yeah. you have two months and two years. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, that that's a pretty big a pretty big step. You know yeah. that that takes a lot to say. All right, God, I you know I've committed these two months mm-hmm. now. I want to com- I'm ready to commit two years. Yeah. I mean that's that's huge. Yeah, it I really think is. the timing of it was perfect too because so I majored in education. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to be a teacher because I was looking back at my life and the most influential people in my life were coaches and teachers. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to have some form of influence on the youth um, because it was impactful in my life. And so I was considering one day, like, okay, I mean, realistically, in the teaching world, you you don't really move up much, right? You just (laughs) teach, hopefully, at the same school forever, right? Right. And so I was thinking about my life, and I'm like, okay, realistically... If I want to teach for the rest of my life, why, why not just start two years later? If that's realistically, right? Yeah. And so in my brain, if I didn't go right after college, I would have never gone. Because mm-hmm. I would have gotten plugged into a school, knowing the staff and the students and making relationships with them. And I would have, <laughs> I would it would have been harder to leave. It would have been harder to leave. Yeah. And I knew that God had told me to go. I had no reason not to, right? Like, why not? Yeah. Um, and so I went. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, so you got there there for two years. Um, so, can you share anything? Any you have any stories? You have any um, anything that you saw God do? I mean, I'm sure you did. Yeah. But anything you want to share about your your two year stay in in India? I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Let's see. One of my favorite stories uh, is so this one's fun because it's a mixture of just living life with women, but also getting to do ministry right and so there was one day where uh, me and my roommate we gathered all the women that we had been discipling so maybe about um 
five national sisters, and we're like, we want to go spend the day at Wonderla, which is an amusement park oh, <laughs> in, in the city. And so we just wanted to spend a day there. And so we wake up really early. We hop on a train uh, together, and we ride into the city to go to this amusement park. And so we spend the whole day together. We get to have a lot of quality time uh, asking each other, you know, how's your time in the Word been? How's your family? Um, and then on the way back, <laughs> it's really late at night. Um, we are standing on the train because there's nowhere to sit. There's a lot of people in India. Um, and so we finally get a place to sit. And uh, we all sit together and there's this other girl that we don't know. Um, and it's not long that we're sharing snacks, we're sharing chai, and we're, we start talking to this girl. Uh, and we're just making really casual conversation. And then one of my friends, I'll call her Ashwari, uh, one of my friends, Ashwari, she asks the group a question and she asks us, what was the most impactful day of your life? And so we're engaging more in a spiritual conversation now. Right. Uh, and in this process, she gets to answer her own question and just shares the gospel very beautifully in, uh, in their heart language in Canada. Wow. And so uh, this whole time, this girl that's sitting next to us is getting to hear the gospel. And so I feel like sometimes, you know, when we think of missionary work, we mm -hmm. think, oh, I can never do that. <laughs> yeah. that's, that work is so beyond me. When in reality... Uh, this was a normal day in my life. I'm getting to do really fun things with nationals uh, while discipling them, while walking life on life with them, uh, while also having a heart to share the gospel with the lost. Um, and so that was probably one of my favorite memories. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, explain what, what it was like living in India. I mean, because, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think for the most of us, we'll a lot of us probably will never even go to India, you know, or, or get the chance. Yeah. But... Um, what what were some some obviously there's probably a lot of differences but what was some of the big differences for you yeah. from living living here? So um, there's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> so you get comfortable not having a lot of personal space. Um, let's see. A lot of people describe India as an assault to your senses. I don't know if you so, have ever. That, heard that of sounds that. like I mean just yeah. from the things I've read and seen I mean that sounds like a pretty good yeah. a pretty good description. Yeah, and so there are just very different sounds car horns all the time there are different sights you're seeing you know men in lungis which are like skirts and then you're having women in saris like decked out in this elaborate uh, material adorned in jewelry uh, and then you know you have different smells <laughs> some very very good you know some nice Indian food and some very very bad um, you know coming from all over mm -hmm. uh, and so I would say that the culture is very abrasive, right. but in a good way and a bad way. And so uh, they love very passionately. Mm -hmm. uh, but in India, there are less than 2% Christians. And so the majority of, of India are unbelievers. And so uh, they act like unbelievers, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, there's a dishonest culture, a cheating culture. Um, it's an honor-shame culture. And so... Uh, the way that men and women interact with each other is also very different, yeah. um, you know, and so that was kind of hard. I have a lot of guy friends in America, you know, but in India, the girls stay with the girls and the guys stay with the guys. And, right. um, it's, it's kind of scandalous to do otherwise. Wow. Uh, and so also it's very hot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It is very, very hot. Uh, there's no AC, right? And so... Right. 
Um, there's also uh, an idea of modesty. So what I would wear on a daily is a kurta, which is kind of like a dress, but on the sides there's slits and then you have long flowy pants. And so, and usually I wear a scarf with it. We call it dupatta. Mm -hmm. But um, so that's kind of our daily outfit. And when I first got to India, I was dying. I was like, Lord, <laughs> Why would you do this to me? I want to burn all of my dupatos. Like they, it was just, it was a miserable time, but he got me through. He got me That's through. amazing. Yeah. yeah. How, how long did it take you to, uh, to get like accustomed to like the heat and everything? Well, I arrived in summer. So, oh, okay. So, uh, let's just say it, it was a couple months, um, but they have three seasons in India. They have summer, winter, and monsoon. And monsoon mm. is just rainy season. Oh, yeah. um, and so the good thing is that summer usually only lasts two to three months. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the rest of the time is pretty nice. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I just forgot what question I was about to ask. Um, so were you able to, to take part in any, any traditional customs there uh, mm -hmm. other than the dress? But like, uh, oh, what's, I can't, I'm sitting here trying to think of that holiday with the paint. Holy. Holy, thank you. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, Were yeah. you able to, to take part in that? So I think holy is also, so I was in South India. Okay. Um, and so in North India, holy is a more popular festival. Oh, I gotcha. Um, and so this is kind of a, a, a personal conviction type of question because yeah. a lot of the festivals are celebrating Hindu gods. Correct. And so, um, again, I we did not participate in a lot of the festival type things. Mm -hmm. Um, but we did still have a good time going to our friends' homes and sharing meals with them. It was also a great opportunity to ask questions. You yes. know, why are you doing these things? Um, are they working, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That you're doing it for some spiritual reason. Um, and so we, yeah, we didn't really do holy much. I'm trying to think of one that wouldn't be tied to Hinduism. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that not many people realize too is, um, there's also many Muslims in India, and mm -hmm. so they would celebrate Eid and Ramzan, or Ramadan. Ramadan yeah. yeah, Ramadan. And so uh, there were tons of festivals for that as well. well. Some of my favorite memories, too, are, um, so during Ramadan, Muslims will fast for the whole day. And uh, what we will do is we'll go to the park. They usually break fast around 6 or 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. So we'll go to the market where all the Muslims are, and they will break fast together at 6 or 7. And so you can get some of the best tasting food <laughs> you've ever had during Ramzan oh. and get to, you know, share and make relationships with Muslims. Yeah. So, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, man, you got to – so you got to not only, you know, um, speak to a lot of people who, who – practice hindu but mm -hmm. also islam i mean that's yeah. that's fantastic um okay so i guess i'm trying to think of how to ask this question okay well no this is easy so yeah. were uh did you ever feel unsafe because i know um you know with imb they, they put out like some countries every year where mm -hmm. it's unsafe for christians to go and share their faith and i want to say india's on there yeah um so is it were you at did you ever feel unsafe or at in danger in any way <laughs> From sharing the gospel, no. Mm -hmm. um, the only time I feared for my life was like street dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Really late at night, I was by myself, and there was, you know, three of them. But, you know, I just picked up some rocks and chunked it at them and Perfect. made my way in the apartment. But so the I would say that the Lord gives us a spirit of discernment when mm -hmm. we share the gospel. 
And so, um, again, religion is a common topic to talk about there. Right. Um, and so we would have what we call a red light, a green light, and a yellow light when we're sharing the gospel. And these are kind of different responses mm -hmm. to how. So let's say, you know, I'm trying to talk about Jesus, and I see that this man is getting visibly agitated. Yeah. Um, he's, like, getting angry. Um, or maybe he verbally tells me to stop talking about it. I'm going to stop talking about it, you know? I'm going to respect that. Um, and so, yeah. But ne never have I, have I felt... Um, unsafe in sharing the gospel. I think my national partners would s speak differently. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good that that you were you felt safe and stuff, um, and never in harm's way, except for the dogs. But I'm glad. Yeah, you yeah. had some rocks. There. But I will say, you know, um, safety is not the Lord's primary concern. It's very true. Uh, yeah. I would say. You know, when you see the disciples and the apostles in the book of Acts, um, safety was not their primary concern. No. Uh, and so I praise Jesus that he protected me. He protected my national partners. But um, I think sometimes he calls us to obedience, even when he knows it will lead us to persecution, uh, to suffering. Uh, but he's worthy of that. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Well said. Um, so I uh, and I, I think I've shared with you. I got to go and and stay in um, Wales for a year and a half on on mission, and um, and it was it was amazing. And, and part of part of you never leaves the place where you you live for so long. You got to know people, um, but being over there, I got some weird questions. Did you ever get any really weird questions while you were in India? Like I, for instance, I got asked what a corn dog was. And I didn't know how to answer that. I had to sit and think. I'm like, I don't, I mean, do you know what cornbread is? You probably know what cornbread is. So, um, yeah, so did you guys get asked any weird questions? Hmm. I mean, the only common questions we would get a lot is, like, uh, how much, like, what's your income? You know, they'd ask you money questions all the time. Really? Yeah, they would ask you, how old are you? Do you want to come meet my parents? Do you want to get married? You know, uh, oh, okay. they, they had arranged marriages Gotcha, there. yeah. I never, <laughs> I never got that one uh, in, in Wales. Yeah. But okay. super weird. I'm trying to think. None of them come on. If I think of one, I'll try to Okay, think. yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, but I'm sure you did get asked a lot of questions. Did you have, a, did you have one that where it was easy to trans transition to the gospel? Hmm. So my go-to, again, if I just meet someone on the street, um, you know, typically I make small talk. Hi, how are you? What's your name? Mm -hmm. And so my go-to question would be, what does your name mean? Because many people are named after Hindu gods, you mm -hmm. know, Lakshmi or Rajkumar, or even for Muslims, they would have tons of Muhammads and Abduls and Fatimas and right. so many. And so it it is a clear connection to their faith. And mm -hmm. so I get to ask them, what does your name mean? Fully knowing what their name means, right? <laughs> right? But I'm just trying to transition it into a spiritual conversation. Oh, well, yeah. that's that's very that's very neat. I didn't yeah. I, obviously that is something that yeah, because I know a lot of them do get get named after after mm -hmm. their gods and things like that. That's a yeah. that's a neat way to transition to the gospel. Yeah. Um, any uh, any so you were trained by right by the IMB. Um, yeah. Was there any anything that you weren't prepared for when you got there? Like you're like, oh wow, mm. I wish I had kind of prepared for that. Was there anything that you wish you could have prepared more for? So I think many people believe that when they go on the field, their hardest obstacles will be external obstacles. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so an example would be 
um, persecution by other people, yeah. suffering, um, I'm trying to think of any other external obstacles, you know, the enemy attacking. Right, like physical, physical yeah, altercations yeah, yeah. or physical yeah, persecution. Yeah. Uh, but for me, the hardest part was my own flesh, right? Mm. It was battles that I was facing. I, you know, had some days where I didn't want to leave the house. Um, or days that I didn't want to share the gospel. I didn't feel like engaging culture. Um, I didn't feel like doing these things. And so there's many, many days that I think we underestimate um, where those obstacles come from. So that was a shock to me. Um, and I'm trying to think. They prepare you well, but there are certain things you can only learn yeah. when you're on the field, you know? Uh, when you're experiencing life there. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. No, thank you. Um, That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, I was trying to think. I, I, I keep coming up with questions and then I'm listening and then I forget them. Okay. No, here it is. So, talking about obstacles and stuff. So, so you're back. You know, you were there two years. That's two mm -hmm. years of your life where God did amazing things in you and through you. Mm -hmm. uh, and now you're back in the States. Yeah. Um, has that been hard? Yeah, honestly. Um. <laughs> this is this is the part, you know, and, and I'm speaking also from, from just yeah. uh, going through it a little bit myself, you know. Uh, this That part's rarely talked about, it, you know, because you, sh you share so much about what happened over there. You have and mm -hmm. all your memories and everything that, that happened, but then you come back to a place that hasn't really mm -hmm. changed, but you yeah. have, you know. So have, has, there been, has there been a struggle? Yeah, I would say... Um, you know, my struggles look a lot differently than other people. Um, praise the Lord, I did not suffer a lot of traumatic experiences uh, like I know some friends have. Um, but, it, you know, a lot of people when they say, you know, I have reverse culture shock. I, was, I had this breakdown in Walmart because I was looking at all the options. Bro, when I got to Walmart, I was <laughs> praising Jesus. I was like, this is amazing. Yes. I forgot all the glorious options here, you know? Right. I forgot about all the conveniences that we have, um, and it was fantastic. But I will say, um, even now, um, you know, in my heart, I am praying that the Lord helps me love America and love Americans because it seems like we have the luxury not to care. We have the luxury to be apathetic towards um, the gospel, towards Jesus, towards people who are in need. Um, and so I think sometimes, you know, we don't feel the full cost of following Jesus because it's very easy to do that here. Right. Um, and so it seems like a luxury to have that. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's also the the idea that you know, I just experienced this awesome life changing event. The Lord, I saw God move in so many fantastic ways, and now I'm in America. I'm ready to hit the ground running to continue sharing the gospel and making disciples. Um, and then it seems like everyone else's life is just continuing on as the same. And I'm like, don't you want to hear about it? You know, like, right? Don't. Don't you care? And they do. They just care in different ways. Um, but it has been it has been challenging, and I've definitely been praying for the Lord to change my heart and to you know show me ways that I can serve the American Church, mm -hmm. um, so that they too will grow and <laughs> yeah. grow. You know? Yeah, no, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and my first meal, I remember I got off the plane. I, t mm -hmm. I asked my dad to take me to Raising Cane's. 
That was my yeah. my very first meal back in the states. There's a he took a picture of me. I looked like a wild animal, and I'm just like yeah. eating. Chi- He's got me like mid eating chicken, yeah. and I have like this crazy look on my face. Um, yeah, so yeah, totally, totally. Why have we not seen that picture? I've, I've hit it well. Um, that's that's so that's 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 great, you know. And I think that's that kind of goes into a little bit what God is teaching you lately. I feel you know is is that having a heart for you know, home and for America as well as, yeah. you know, for, for, um, for India and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's also reminded me too, like the American church is his bride as well, you know, yeah, and we're definitely. called to love his bride, to love his people. And so he's definitely been reminding me to extend grace. <laughs> great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, um, so what do you think your, your future looks like? <coughs> well, God willing. Um, <laughs> So I will start seminary, uh, Masters of Arts or Theology, whatever you want to call it. I'll start seminary in August at New Orleans. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then after I finish that, my plan is to go back to Asia um, in a couple of years whenever I complete that. And I'll be going through the same company, the IMB, um, hopefully for a longer term. So, oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely be praying for you in that. Um, but I, I want to ask you if you could go back to like a teenage Kelsey, which to, it's uh, in all actuality, it's not that long ago, probably. Um, what what is some advice that you would give her? Hmm. I would encourage her to find an older woman who is being faithful to the Lord, who is obedient in serving God to disciple me, um, which did happen in college, but again, I I think of how much could have changed when I was in high school. Um, So I would advise her to find an older woman to pour into her. Um, I would also encourage her to study and memorize and cling to the word. Um, You know, it's by the word of God that he saves us, that he transforms us, he transforms our mind and our heart and our actions and behavior and our affections and our will and so um i would i would encourage her in that and hmm, yeah i would i would also just encourage her to invite the lord in all aspects of her life i think as americans we're very compartmentalized Mm -hmm. in how we think like i have school and sports and my friendships and my family uh all these different things and i would just encourage you know, her at that time to surrender those parts to the Lord and how he can use those for his glory and for his kingdom. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's all amazing advice. It really is. I mean, um, mentorship and discipleship are very important, you know, in my life. I was mentored when I was in the UK and, yeah. you know, and I've been blessed to have multiple mentors, you know, in, in my life. And I know it's, it's very important, you know, to have somebody pour their life into you. I mean, think of Paul and Timothy, right? You yeah. know, Paul poured himself into Timothy so that he could be the leader that, that God wanted him to be. I mean, yeah. and it's, it, if it wasn't for Paul, Timothy wouldn't, wouldn't have had that. So yeah. most definitely, it, yeah, find those people in your life. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, thank you so much for sharing about your life and your testimony and your joy. Yeah, um, and you're welcome here anytime. But I do want to kind of wrap things up with yeah. just some rapid fire questions. Yeah. They're fun. I okay. love fun. Questions. All right. Um, so, what's the like? If you had to pick one thing, what's the one thing you love about being a missionary? Oh gosh, 
not a that's not a light <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> one one, yeah, one thing. One fun thing. Okay. I've always had a fascination with other cultures and languages and so one fun thing is I would say you get to travel a lot. Yes. You get to try new things. I don't if you're an adventurous type of person, it's definitely the thing oh, for you yeah. because you know, you're trying everything, things you don't want to try to, uh, you know, yes. serve the people. <laughs> but yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, tra- I love that. Travel. I love the travel. Oh, yeah, sorry. This could be a better uh, rapid fire. Uh, did you did you learn the language? Any? I did. Yeah. Can you can you share something? Can you share something yeah. with us? Okay. Yeah. Did you this was coming probably? I probably. Okay. okay. So to say hello, you say namaskara. So <laughs> namaskara. Namaskara. Uh, to say how are you? It's chenagidra. So cool. That wasn't a rapid fire question, but That's I'm glad okay. I asked it. Um, because yeah, Bollywood is huge. Yeah, over yeah. Um, and it's kind of coming over here a little bit. You've got you've seen some. There are some different things yeah. that like on Disney Plus. They've been yeah. they've had like Bollywood and mm-hmm. some different Indian movies. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so, books or movies? Books. Ooh, okay. You have a favorite? I love fiction. Okay. Um, my favorite genres are dystopian fiction. Neat. So like Brave New World, yeah, stuff okay. like that. Um, <laughs> also, I like historical fiction. What, some of my favorite books are by Khaled Hosseini, like okay. um, The Kite Runner, yeah. The Mountains Echoed. I'm trying to think of some of my other favorite the, ones. The Book Thief is that? I'm actually reading that right oh, now. Oh, okay, cool. It's amazing. <laughs> so I just have this weird fascination with like World War Two fiction for some reason. I just okay. read All the Light We Cannot See mm-hmm. uh, and some other book from World War Two. But I dabble in a lot of different genres. Neat. But I love fiction. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I got a Kindle for Christmas, so I've been yeah. doing a lot of reading. Um, Coke or Pepsi? I don't know why this one's on here still. Coke. Coke. Okay. Good. Uh, do you have a give a do you have a favorite hobby? Hmm. I guess other than reading. <laughs> so when I was in India, I actually picked up more art, like because oh, okay. um, I would be indoors to try to rest more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I, I love sports, so I like uh, what's that sport? Spike ball. Yeah. I love okay. spike ball. I guess like I don't know. Recreational sports can be a hobby. You didn't pick up cricket over there, did you? Then cricket. A kind little of- bit, but <clears throat> it's mostly like a guy's sport. So okay. It'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, let me play. <laughs> but 
Yeah. Okay. Soccer. Soccer's big over there, too. Yeah, yeah. I did play once. I got demolished. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you could you played softball, so yeah, sports. Yeah. Um, favorite favorite music genre? Ooh. Besides Christian? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it can be Christian. That's fine. I mean, I do like Christian, but I yeah. also am a fan of secular music. Okay. What do you, what do you like? Um, like soft alternative. Okay. Yes, like kind of indie folk, soft alternative. Okay, yeah, me too, me too. I'm trying to think of an example of um, an artist, um, um, like the Lumineers. I don't yeah, know the Lumineers. Mean. I don't know what you my, call that genre. My wife and I's wedding song was um, um, Hey Ho, Hey Ho, yeah. but the Lumineers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Awesome. But I also okay. like the traditional term, like Foo Fighters and stuff like that. There you so. go, there you go. Okay, yeah, we have some, some rockers out there who like rock. <laughs> um, beach or mountains? Don't do this to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can it not be both? Okay, if I, mean, I, if I had to pick um, mountains. Mountains. Yeah. Okay. Is there, is there any mountains in India? Oh, in North, on, India. North India. I mean, it reaches the Yeah, that's Himalayas. true. The Himalayas. The that's Himalayas, right. The falls. Yeah. Like, yeah. right okay. Never mind. Sorry, I, I'm not a geography major. Um, favorite vacation? It actually, one of them was to Nepal. So, I have, like, some dream places to go, yes. and Nepal is one of them. We went to Kathmandu. That's so cool. And we saw the Himalayas. Oh, it was man. fantastic. And we went trekking or hiking up in the mountains. Is this why you were in India? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, did you did you go by train or plane? Plane. Because we're in South India, so. Ex All right. Just explain. Ex I want you to. I mean, the fact that you're alive and you're here just <laughs> lets me know that you made it and everything. Yeah. But explain that that runway. You know what I'm talking about? Is it the, is the runway really like there's a lot precarious of ones out there in Nepal? Um, I think so. I also was probably talking to my friend whenever oh, okay. we made it, so I didn't really notice. Paying attention. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I uh, Nepal's up Have there you heard for me. Nightmares about it? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I've heard some pretty some pretty oh. rough stories about the oh, like planes that. like crashing on the runway because oh. it's apparently so short or something or yeah. like they hit a mountain. I don't know something, yeah. but uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's amazing. Yeah. That's but amazing. The other second, so I went to the Maldives with my parents. Okay. So the Maldives is on the um, southwest coast of India. Mm -hmm. It's a whole other country, but it is beautiful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that really like really blue water. Blue water there, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Nepal. I'm kind of jealous. I'm not going to lie. Um, favorite type of food? Like ethnicity of food? Ethnicity. Sure. Well, that's what I was Or nationality. I guess that's better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have, yeah, fine. Do you have like a favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Or, and what is your favorite food? Like item? I, I feel like, you know, I was raised in Louisiana. So my favorite food is Cajun food yeah, okay. that my dad makes. He makes fantastic etouffee and mm. gumbo um, and everything. Shrimp and grits, it's really good. Um, if I had to pick another, I'll say genre of food. Genre of food, okay. <laughs> um, I really like East Asian food. So like Vietnamese, mm -hmm. Thai food. Would that Chinese be, food. Yeah, okay. Would that be like like the what's it called? Pho. Pho. Yeah. Um, what's the other stuff? Sushi. The other yeah. Korean food, kimbap, kimchi. Yeah. All okay. of those things I love. Yeah. yeah Thai a, food, pad Thai. Right. There's a place on, on Perkins food. Road that that has apparently yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Indian, like, did you? So I do I, like Indian. Food. I have to, yeah, I have to add. It's not even on here, but I, I just wanted to. Do you have a favorite Indian dish? 
biryani. It's, uh, with, it's basically Indian jambalaya. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's rice mixed with all the Indian spices with chicken, uh, and it's fantastic. But you, the oh, interesting so things is that you eat it with your hands. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have built-in. Yeah, God gave you yeah. built, a built-in yeah. fork and spoon so you're right here. Shoveling rice into your mouth. It's amazing. With your Did hand. you? Yeah, I like vindaloo. Um, vindaloo. Vindaloo. It's really like, like, well, I mean, it's in the UK, but it's like spicy, spicy sauce covered on rice with chicken usually. Mm. It's very. Is good. it Indian? Yeah. It might be. It may be like a British Indian North thing. Indian, yeah. But it's it's really hot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had some really spicy food too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like where you where you like sweat out your eyeballs? I like threw up after. Oh wow. <laughs> it was bad. Oh wow. Well, my first day in India, I ate what I thought was a cooked green bean, and it was not a green bean. Oh. It was a green Indian chili pepper, and then I was sick the whole. I mean, I remember. I vividly remember like. Being on my hands and knees in the bathroom, begging God for mercy <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm like throwing up everything I just ate. In, in my mind, I was like, Lord, I knew I would get sick, but I didn't think it would be this soon. <laughs> like, oh, man. I didn't think it would be the first day I got here. You know? <laughs> right. But yeah, it was probably just because it was really spicy. There yeah. was no like, you know. Parasite or anything. That's good. You live and, you live, live and learn after that. I'm, I'm hopefully, hopefully it got easier. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm never going to eat that again. <laughs> no. um, okay, well, fantastic. So this is the most important question. Uh -oh. um, just prepare yourself. Uh, would you rather... Oh, no. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or ten duck-sized horses and why? I would pick the horse-sized duck because I you feel strategically, like strategically, you're not being like you can't be surrounded on all sides. Okay. Um, I guess that would be my strategy. I guess with the horse-sized ducks or the ducks horse, you could just kick them. But that's what know. everybody says. It seems yeah. Like a, I don't know. It seems. Andrew, Andrew says he wants to get the, the, the horse-sized duck so he can have a trophy after. A mount the head. A mount the head is a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah no. um, well, I'll open it up now to some student questions. Um, you can raise your hand, and I will maybe call on you. We'll see. Uh, Aiden. What teacher was it that asked the question? Mr. Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. He's probably still doing it. He yeah. is. I have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Brody. Uh, how did you like celebrate like holidays? Oh, yeah. like American holidays? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good question. How did you celebrate American holidays? So the American holidays that we primarily celebrated was, which I guess are also Christian holidays, <laughs> um, Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving. And so Christmas and Easter, we would celebrate with our national sisters and brothers. So with the local church, we would celebrate with them. Um, they also have different traditions that they do. So we went caroling a couple times, and that was interesting. Oh, uh, that was really fun. <laughs> um, and then for Thanksgiving, uh, we would meet with other missionaries, and we would just kind of have a time of fellowship, of praising God together. We would sing songs. We would eat somewhat American food, uh, whatever we could find of it. Um, and then, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, any other questions? Andrew. 
So I've heard that there are different sects of Hinduism, and some are actually monotheistic. I don't even understand huh. how that works, or if that's. Like, so I'm just curious to know, from your perspective, what you've run into with that. Yeah. So some people will say. Um, so some Hindus will follow Lord Shiva, Lord Shiva, and they believe that all other Hindu gods are kind of like um, variations of him, or. Incarnate, incarnation, incarnations of Lord Shiva, and so that's kind of how they would justify, like, oh, we follow one God, but He manifests Himself in different ways, and all these kind of lesser gods is what they would say. Um, so, are those are those type of Hindus? First of all, how how common are are they compared to the broader, and are they also easier to witness to because they already have a established preconception of like one creator type mm. God maybe that is a good question um, I would say I didn't meet many people who worshipped only Lord Shiva um, but there were many of them that when they do they really love him they liked him a lot um, but a common response that I would get when sharing is like oh all gods are the same um, even Jesus but I don't know that's an interesting concept of um, if they would receive that better. I think they would still say, though, uh, that what we would call our one creator God is Shiva, is a variation of him. So, hmm. sorry, I can answer it better. No, you know, you're good. No, that's fine. No, that's, that's, that's a great. Good question. That's very interesting. Yeah. Jesse. Yeah, so in India, again, the, re the religious climate is very acceptable to talk about your religions. People flaunt it in what they wear, right? So Hindus will wear bindi, which is the, um, the red sticker they put here. If they're married, they'll have konkani on the top of their head. They'll have little anklets that have bells on their feet so you can hear them when they walk. It's all a, it's all a form of worship in Hinduism. Um, for Muslims, obviously, they'll wear the burqa. They'll wear the hijab uh, that covers their hair. And so uh, the men will wear the topi, which is the little hat. Um, and so for many, many people, um, it's, it's something that they freely advertise by what they're wearing. And so for you to talk about it, it's perfectly acceptable. Um, and <laughs> sometimes even when you ask them, like, oh, you're Hindu. And they're like, obviously, <laughs> you know, like, duh, yes. <laughs> You know? Yeah. So yeah. You have any um, um, suggestions for her with her with her friends sharing the gospel? Yeah. Um, I would say, and I this is based on a book I read called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. Um, it's written by um, Nabil uh, Nabil Kusheri, yeah. who. Uh, he, he talked. Bro, John shared the video from him. He this did. Past Sunday. He did. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, I just I I've heard this recently. Yeah. So I would say. This could apply to your atheist friend or a Muslim friend. Uh, but for Nabil, it took years for him to come to know Christ. And he had a really close Christian friend. And so I would just encourage you to continue building a friendship with your atheist friend. To continue like loving them in tangible ways. 
um, speaking truth when you can, uh, but also being sensitive to their needs. But I would just say stick around um, and yeah, they'll come, you know, they'll listen to you. Uh, whether or not they come to faith, you know, we can pray that the Lord will change your heart. Um, but all we're called to do is share the gospel and to love them. Um, and so, That's right. yeah, we'll be praying for Amber Heard. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hey, what's your favorite book of the Bible? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Someone asked me this. They're like, if you went to prison, what book of the Bible would you memorize so that you could meditate on for the rest of your life? And I was like, um. Yeah, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I would maybe say, um, <laughs> this is so cliche because I'm a missionary. I would say the book of Acts. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's my favorite book. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So. Yeah, just because you see the Holy Spirit leading his people. You see the birth of the church, um, the Holy Spirit being poured out on people, um, and the gospel spreading among the nations. It's a beautiful sight. Oh, yeah, it yeah. is. Good question. Uh, any other questions? Jacob? Did you meet any Buddhists? Yeah, yeah. So um, I had a friend from Tibet. Uh, and so a lot, of, a lot of people and young people will come from Tibet to study in India. And so they were primarily Buddhist. Um, and I would say they're sometimes harder to share with. Um, but... Again, you be a friend to them. One of my Buddhist friends actually had interest in Christ, and so we, we would read the Bible a little bit together, but she never came to decide before I left. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, I've encountered Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, Catholics, um, everything. Yeah, man, it's very eclectic over yeah. there, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, do you have another follow-up? I haven't, um, but I would still argue that a lifestyle as a Christian should be rooted in Scripture. Um, but I do know that, like, for many countries, to be that nationality is to be that religion, right? So when I was in Thailand, to be Thai is to be Buddhist. Um, and so for them, if they surrender to Christ, it's, it's like they're surrendering their nationality as well. And so I have some friends who, you know, they're from Hindu background believers. So they were raised Hindu, but they come to know Jesus. But on their, like, government documents, it still says Hindu. Uh, but when they introduce themselves, they, they'll say Christians. Um, but that is a good question, yeah. Thank you. Any other questions? Andrew. Yeah, so this is going to kind of get into all this. Uh, first of all, let me say, if there's anything you can't say, no worries. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> Disclaimer. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand the nature of the question could potentially be uh, not something you would want to say right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, just curious, this is like a layered question. I'm curious just what the church looks like there, both on a uh, worship level like you guys do you guys gather in houses sort of thing mm -hmm. also like for uh converts that uh that become christian mm -hmm. 
like you were talking about how they people advertise their religion, what they wear. Mm -hmm. Do they suddenly like stop doing that? Because then it's like that's putting a, a almost a target on their back. But at the same mm -hmm. time, it's like you know, it, it, it's complicated because in Scripture it says not to be ashamed of Christ and all that. So, like, how do they? How do you even navigate that? In it's like I said, it's a layered question. But anything yeah. you can share, I, I, I'd be very curious to know. Um, Hmm. So I'll, I'll answer your first question to what church looks like. Um, it is very different. We have some traditional churches where you have all, there's no chairs, it's just open. You have all women on one side, all men on the other side, and you sit on the ground, crisscross applesauce. Uh, and the worship is a cappella, all in the heart language. It's perfectly acceptable to dance and clap and sing as loud as you want. Um, I'm trying to think. Also, women will cover their heads in church uh, because of some churches' interpretation of First Corinthians mm -hmm. um, and just different ways to do church. Uh, but I will say the Indian church is very lively, um, very energetic, uh, and they're say charismatic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. So when you think about the influence that these pastors get from the West are mostly from charismatic influences. And so, you know, um, the churches that we are partnering with um, are not always the most healthiest church. Um, and so the role as missionary is just to uplift them, to serve them, to equip them, to serve the saints. And so... I mean, we believe in the priesthood of believers, that every every believer has the authority to do God's work. Um, and so, yes, that's kind of church there. there. There was some house churches, but it's also, it's not illegal to be a Christian in India. And so there's tons of church buildings. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's definitely. Um, it's not big. illegal? No, not to be a Christian. So what is the what is like the situation there? Because I know they're talking about how government wants to. Yeah. So um, so there there was a law in the state that I lived in that said it's illegal to proselytize. Um, obviously, we know according to scripture that has never stopped anyone from sharing the gospel before, and it won't stop them now. Um, and it won't, we've known, you know, even in the book of Acts that persecution only enhanced gospel spread and gospel flow. Right. Um, and so typically, um, it comes from the family members, um, because again, it's an honor shame culture. So what the kid does is a direct reflection of the parent. And so if the kid does something to bring shame on the family, um, it can affect the whole family. And, you know, you can be ostracized from your family. Um, I guess this kind of leads into your other question. And this is a very, very difficult question that I think the Holy Spirit guides people on um, in very specific situations. Because, again, it, it could look differently, whether it's a Hindu family or a Muslim family. Um, yeah. And so... I would, I would definitely say it's a gray area and it, it's convictions-based. I, I would say that eventually um, a profession of faith would, would come. 
Um, I, it's hard for me to say when that would come um, to their parents. Um, but, you know, I, I have one friend that I can think of that is a Christian. Her parents are both still Hindu. Um, and so when she goes back to her village, they don't let her go to church, but they don't, uh, as far as I know, they don't, they don't beat her or treat her really bad. Um, and so, yeah. Good. Any other questions? I got a follow-up. All right. Yes, yes, ask her, ask her. <coughs> Is a hot dog a taco or a sandwich? Can you define taco and can you define sandwich? And then I will tell you. Based on your own definition. It's got. Can it not be both? No, it can't be both. It has to be one or the other. It's not allowed. That's not allowed. You can answer if anyone's ever given to that question. You can give give a third answer, but it cannot be hot dog. You gotta answer the question, though. Hot dog. I did. I answered it with a question, like Jesus. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, because it depends on how you define each. Hmm. Well, by your definitions. Oh, hot dog. We have to have agreed upon definitions. Taco and sandwich. I don't care about the definitions. What you care about is judging me based on how you. That's right. That, that's that. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Precisely. I'll tell you later. I need to think on it. There you go. It's a, it's a deep question. Okay, it is. All right, Chloe. Uh, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Huh? Okay, I have another question. Oh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Tacos or burritos? Tacos or burritos? Just lost some friends. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Burritos. Nice. Okay, I have a wait. Never mind. Jazzy. Were there any, like, new colors that... I know, like, we Americans, like, you know, you see the color box, you're like, oh, there's... Sky blue or whatever, but were there any new colors introduced to you by India? Hmm. I can't think of any new color, but there are definitely color combinations that they love. Like the bright, bright pink and blue together. Um, I mean, obviously orange and green together, it's the Indian flag. They love putting those. Yellow, bright yellow. They love any, any bright colors. Um, looks really beautiful on them. Nice. All right, Andrew. <laughs> we're just going to go. Then we'll, then we'll, yeah, then we'll probably wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, actually, this is a two-part question, but they're both quick. Uh, first of all, have you ever been to any Indian weddings for, like, friends there? Second of all, you mentioned that you would have guys ask you if they could take you to their parents to arrange a marriage. Would, would just random people come up, or like people that at least know for a while? That, those are those are two good questions. Yeah, because for one, the marriages are really elaborate, and I think or the weddings rather are really elaborate and they look really amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so weddings are like a whole week ordeal. You yeah. know, they have different traditions that they do. Both of the weddings that I went to were Christian weddings, and so those also look a little differently. You have like. You know, all the pastors from the city will come and give a sermon. So they last forever. Um, but usually there's fantastic food. Unfortunately, mm. there's not much dancing. Um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I would take autos, auto rickshaw. It's kind of like the small tuk-tuk that you would ride. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, sometimes the... Um, the auto driver would just ask you questions like, how old are you? Are you married? 
all those things. And I mean, obviously, if again, if they are being inappropriate in the sense of like they're showing more interest than appropriate, you can, it's acceptable for you to publicly shame them <laughs> and be like, would you talk to your sister that way? Or, That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't that yeah. be a thing here? Yeah. And I mean, so I it carries a lot of weight. Sometimes, like, I'm trying to think of one time I went and grabbed his uncle and was like, uncle, tell him, like, he's doing this to me. And the uncle scolded him. And it, go, it carries a lot of weight, like, scolding and shaming someone. And so sometimes you can do it very subtly. Like, if there's young boys and they're acting crazy, you can be like, you know, you call him Tama, which is younger brother, and it kind of puts him in their place. Um, <laughs> or you can call them Anna, which is older brother, and it puts them in their place. And so nice. they, they receive it that way. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you so much for, for taking yeah. time out of your, I'm sure, busy schedule to come and hang out with us and share your life with us. But, yeah, you're welcome back anytime. I'm excited you're coming back for D-Now. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For All right. Sure. Well, thank you so much. Thank y'all. Um. Well, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And I guess we'll see you next Wednesday night or, you know, whenever. <laughs>